This summer, we are going to lean into the one another's of Scripture, and there's 59 of them. <laughs> and so obviously we can't do all 59 in the summer because that would be extensive. And so we're going to do, do about 10 or 11 of them. And early Christians, how many know that we can learn a lot from early followers of Jesus? Yeah, they called the one another's, they called it this, they called it the practicing the discipline of neighboring. You know, they knew that we don't often choose the proximity of those who are in kind of the social sphere of our lives, but we do choose the posture that we have towards them. And so we're going to start our summer series with honor. How do we honor one another? How do we honor in a culture of dishonor? How do we honor in a world, social media, whether it's traditional media, where actual dishonor oftentimes will get you more praise, but it will not make you more like Jesus. So honor has many different relational examples, insights and commands all throughout the Bible. It talks about kids and parents, husbands and wives, churches and pastors, citizens and governments, in some instances, employers and employees. And in Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul gives us practical handles on what it is to hold on to biblical honor, a value that is needed today, I wouldn't say more than ever, but just as much at any time throughout history. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 10. Don't just pretend to love others. Okay? Don't just pretend to love other of others. Really? Love them. Then it goes on to say, hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Everyone say genuine. genuine. All right. We know the opposite of genuine, which we'll get to in a second. So love each other with genuine affection and take delight in, here's the word, honoring one another. Take delight in expressing honor to one another. A more direct translation from the ESV is that we are called to outdo one another in showing honor. When it comes to other followers of Jesus and the world in which we live, our aim needs to be to outdo one another in showing honor. So two questions we want to address today on this Canada Day weekend. First, what is biblical honor? And secondly, in, in which direction should it flow? Now. Sometimes the best way to unpack something is to first start with the direct opposite of what it is that we're talking about. In other words, paint the boundary line and then begin to move in. The opposite of honor is dishonor. Yeah, it's not complicated. And the sister word to dishonor is disgrace. In other words, the word dishonor and disgrace, they are interchangeable. If you feel dishonored, oftentimes it's been a lack or of grace. So disgrace and dishonor. Now a little, little English lesson. The Latin word dis, it means apart, okay? So disgrace means you are apart from grace. Now here's what I want you to know. 
The scriptures are very, very clear. Whether you are at home or whether you're here, when your eyes opened this morning, there was grace and mercy available to you because of the goodness of God. There is never a moment in your life, unless you choose to reject Jesus, where you are separated from the grace of God. If you choose to reject it, that's on you. But how many of you know the whole world is under the common grace of God? Whether we know, acknowledge it or not, grace is who God is. And as a result of grace being who God is, he is gracious. It's who he is. It's his nature and his character. And because he is gracious, he then gives grace to us. Okay, this is what we can see. Now, the opposite again is disgrace or apart from grace. And so God is grace. But I want you to know that the enemy, Satan, the one thing that he will never experience on his life is grace. He is forever apart from it. He is devoid of it. He will never receive it in, in any which way. And so why do I say that? Because any culture that begins to amplify dishonor and disgrace is apart from the nature and the character of God, which is partnering with darkness. It is seeing the kingdom of darkness advance. And here's all of us in our lives have situations, people, circumstances that are overwhelmingly challenging to remain in honor. It's why the apostle Paul said, you've got to hate what's evil and you've got to hold on to what's good. But when you go through hardship, when you go through trial, when you go through struggle, the hardest thing to remaining in honor is not hating what is evil and throwing out everything because it's easier to do that. It's very easy to do that. That's a dishonoring way to live. It's to hate what is evil and then hold on to that which is good. So again, another word for dishonor is disgrace. And God is grace, but Satan is forever apart from or devoid of grace. And so we want to create cultures where God is in the midst. And if God is in the midst, you will see grace. And therefore, you will see the ability for you and I to walk in honor. So in the Bible, the beginning point of honor or developing a culture of honor is embracing that honor is never a false platitude. Let me give you an example. Has anybody here by a show of hands ever had someone say to them, we should get together? <laughs> and you said, we should. But you had no intention of getting together. Can I see your hand, please? Some of you were like, that's just being kind. That's not being kind. <laughs> uh, I did that because I didn't want to make them feel bad. No, you did that because you didn't want to feel bad or look bad in the moment. And I get you. I am with you. So we would rather say, yeah, yeah, absolutely, but we have no intention. That's a false platitude. Here's another one. We're, maybe we're all guilty of this. Has, has anyone ever explained something to you or shared something with you? And you said, I'll pray for you. Can I see your hands, please? And then you walked away and you didn't remember it at all. Okay, we're all guilty. It's a false platitude. 
What would be a better thing to say? Here's what I'm learning to say. As the Holy Spirit brings that to my memory, I will pray for you. Why are you laughing? (laughs) You don't trust the Holy Spirit to bring things to your memory? (laughs) You don't have like a real relationship? (laughs) As the Holy Spirit brings, if I don't have a pen and I write it down, And it's not because I lack love. It's just I'm not that intelligent. Let me show you how lacking of intelligence I am and some of you are. We just had beautiful water baptisms. Been doing them for 25 years. What a blessing every single baptism. And whether it was the 9 or the 1045, we congratulate every one of you on following the example of Jesus. It's amazing. As we were getting ready to go back there, it's only this year. We have two services, 9 and 1045. It's only this year that I figured out that I should bring two sets of clothes to change into. For 24 years, I've been wearing the wet clothes, like just getting right back into them, like, hey, let's do it again, right? No. Well, I went to the back. Pastor Julie said to me, here's what she said, Did you, do you bring two towels? And that was the first time it dawned on me in my life that I could bring two towels. <laughs> I used the same wet one I used at 9 at 1045. So I'm just showing you, some of us lack intelligence. That's all I'm trying to say with that story. Okay, so honor is never a false platitude, which brings us immediately to a fork in the road, which is, okay, then if honor is not a false platitude, and if it has to be genuine, but if I don't think, feel, or see anything honorable towards the person, does that get me off the hook? No, there's no honorable way to do dishonorable things. No matter how we guise it up, there's no way to do it, individually or as a nation. The other road that we can take, though, is like, well, if it's not genuine and then I don't see it, think it, or feel it, then I don't have to do it. That's not a life of faith, by the way. That's, That's a life of feeling. The other road that Jesus invites us to is if honor must be genuine and I don't think, feel, or see anything particularly honorable towards a person, towards a belief, towards, if I don't see anything honorable, then I have an invitation, is I actually move to a deeper value, a deeper place than my thoughts, feelings, and emotions. I begin to love them the way Jesus loves me. And I'm grateful (laughs) that Jesus doesn't love me exclusively from his thoughts, feelings, and emotions, because I drive him nuts. I gotta stop doing this now. I'm getting all made fun of it. <laughs> Keep my hands in my pockets. And so honor is learning to live from convictions, not merely thoughts, feelings, and perspectives. There is where there is what you see, and then there is where God is working. And sometimes those things sync up. But I have found that what I see in others and where God is working is often quite different. I'll give you an example. A number of years ago, there was a gentleman who came to church and he slept through every service. And that doesn't particularly bother me because some of you sleep through every service, but at least you're here. Those of you who are online and you're in bed, you just might want to sit up, that's all I'm saying. Don't put yourself up. 
but he'd sleep every service. And one day, he said to me, I'd like to take you out. And I said, I'd love to, but I had no intention of wanting to. <laughs> and he arranged it all. And during the time of being together, it was really trite and kind of like, it's like when you get two guys together and if a guy's really going through something, at the end of it, you can go back to your, your girlfriend or your spouse and be like, man, did you guys talk about? And you're like, oh no, it never really came up. Like it's just a guy thing. So the first bit of it, it was like not much came up. And then towards the end. Now for, for months, he'd been sleeping through every service and, and I'll be honest, it was bugging me a bit. Not like it's about me, but I was like, man, like why do you, wait, you can just stay, like why do you come sleep? I mean, it's just bugging me. And then towards the end, he began to talk about, as a boy, when he'd go to church and how the priest would berate his father publicly. And he said, so sometimes when I'm in church, the pain is overwhelming. And so I close my eyes. What I see and where God is at work. And if I only live on what I see, then I can have every justifiable reason to be dishonoring towards someone and I will miss the deeper work that God is doing. Yeah. This is not easy. This is very hard. I am no expert in this. I am a fellow apprentice. And so biblical honor is first this. It is giving weight or value to another person. How many of you know that when you drop and you hear sort of the why and not just see the what, you respect something at a deeper level? Okay, you see it. Now, not all the time that happens, but giving people weight and value. That it's not just the argument that we're disagreeing with. There may be something deeper where God is at work. That we don't want to get stuck here. We want to let God move here. Dr. Stuart Scott says, Outdoing one another in showing honor means giving the other person weighty, serious consideration in all things. It's hard. And from conviction... How do we do this, especially if we are struggling in relational conflict, especially if we're working through something? How do we do this? How do we give biblical honor, which would be weight and value to another person when their very beliefs make your blood boil, their very perspective irritates you to no end. In the church in Canada, there is a false strength that comes by hating those who are different from us. It makes us feel strong in the moment, maybe to put people down or to try to destroy them. Even if we say it's an argument, it may make us feel strong, but the church in Canada, if we continue in this way, we are becoming sicker and sicker and sicker. And the invitation from Jesus is to go deeper. So from conviction, again, how do we do this? Because the Bible says that honor has to be genuine. 
and by a show of hands. Has anybody here genuinely ever been hurt, wounded, or offended by somebody else? Absolutely. And by a show of hands. Has anybody here ever wounded, hurt someone else, intentionally or unintentionally? Absolutely. So this is relevant for all of our lives. And so what do we do? If it has to be genuine, and this is real, and faith is not denying it, how do we then let God go deeper? Grounded in truth, there are two things that Jesus does that you and I are called to model. Number one is Jesus believes the best about us. It doesn't mean that he doesn't see us precisely who we are. But in seeing us precisely who we are, he believes the best about us. The second thing that it says is that Jesus makes intercession for us. Aren't you glad that Jesus is praying for you right now? So this shows that sometimes in order to give weight or value to another person, Romans chapter 12 says we are to hate what is wrong but we are to hold tightly to what is good. And once again, why is it the tension? Because when we are in conflict, especially deep, genuine conflict, it is very, very easy to only see what is wrong with the other person and nothing that is good. Like when Lori and I are in conflict, we've been married for a lot of years and we've been in like three a week. But like when Lori and I are in conflict. When Lori does something that bugs me, until God works it out in me, it's all I can see. Did it again. Did it again. Did it again. One time when we were married, we still are married. One time we did the love languages. You know the love languages? I made our marriage worse. Why, why did you laugh at that? It genuinely made our marriage worse. Because then all of a sudden it was like, well, this is my love language and this is my love language. And we had a wonderful conversation about it. But then we didn't do anything with it. And then it's like, well, now you know what it is and you still don't want to do it. It was worse. It was worse than you didn't know because then you were just ignorant. Now you're just being genuinely hurtful. Remember that? (laughs) The temptation when we're in conflict is to no longer see the good and only see what it is that we want to change. But remember, when you can only see what you want to change, oftentimes that is not where God is at work. And so grounded in truth, Jesus believes the best and he never stops interceding for us. Honor is never calling sin a blessing. Honor is never ignoring unjust behavior. It is never doing that. Whether it is in us or directed to us, we are to hate what is evil. Yet in our hatred of evil, we are also to hold tightly to what is or could be one day good. Everyone is created in the image and likeness of God. Everyone, everyone is created in the image and likeness of God. 
So what that means is even those who are directly opposed to what I believe, I can still honor that they are created and loved by God as much as I am loved by God. I can create an honor. I can honor that God loves them. Now, are they sinful? Absolutely. They're just as sinful as I'm sinful. And they may have received, I may have received grace and they may be trying to work it out in a different way. So there's lots of things that we can differ, but we can start at the basis that every single person is loved by God. That's good news. For God so loved the people of the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, that includes them, believes in him. Whoever believes in him. So everyone is created in the image of God and I can always honor that goodness. And so when tempted to only see shortcomings and flaws, how do we go deeper to hold on tight to what is good? And asking God to show us words or work. How do we do it? Here is what Jesus is doing. And here's the invitation for us. And sometimes where we get it wrong. Sometimes we get it wrong because we mistakenly believe that if I have relational conflict here, that I have to work it out here. And that's sometimes where we get it wrong. Because sometimes the place where you work out relational conflict is in prayer, not with the other person. It's too volatile. Some of you give lots of people a piece of your mind and you don't have, you need every piece you need. You you, you can't keep giving away pieces is all I'm saying. (laughs) You need every one you got. Some of you, 25 years takes you to figure out you can bring two towels. I can't afford to give you any piece. I need every bit, so do you. And so the battle of holding tightly to what is good is won or lost in prayer. Not always proclamations. Why do you think your spiritual enemy wants you prayerless? It is not just for your purpose. It is so that we will live in conflict fighting each other the rest of our lives and we will never unite and focus our victory on our singular foe, which is him. Here's one of the reasons why I do not like to pray when I'm in conflict. And I'm going to be honest. I do not like to pray when I'm in conflict because God seldom talks to me about them. He lets me pour my heart out to him about them. He does. And then he talks to me about me. And I want him to talk to them about them. What is intercession? It's standing in the place between what is that you don't want and what could be in God and talking to the one who can minister to both simultaneously. Prayer is not a last resort. It's a primary weapon in the kingdom of God. And so honoring some people is easy. Honoring other people present more of a profound challenge. And if it's a challenge, you can begin in prayer by saying this, Lord, I'm praying for so-and-so today. 
and you can pour your heart out to the Lord, your wounds, your offenses, everything. You can pour your heart. He says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. You can do that. And that may be one day and two days and three days and one month and two months and three months. And then there may be a day where you want to get a little bit deeper in your prayer life rather than, Lord, here's everything that's wrong with them. You may actually move to, Lord, would you show me what is good about them and where you're at work? go one layer deeper and notice I'm going like down into serving not up like a hierarchy maybe one day you will pray for your enemy God I pray that you would bless them with every spiritual blessing and if you want to use my life to be an agent of blessing I'm here discipline of neighboring is a walk. Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians 5. Therefore, be imitators of, be imitators of, of God as beloved children. And here's what it says. It doesn't say think, feel. It says walk in love. Walk in love. How? As Christ loved us, sacrificially and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And so sometimes biblical honor, not sometimes, excuse me, biblical honor is always giving weight or value to another person. But sometimes that is won or lost in prayer not in the personal relationship. It, the outflow is here. The work is here. Because sometimes we want to work it out all here, but God's got to do some work in here. Yeah. Second question, and it's short. It's real short. In which direction should biblical honor flow? Honor in the Bible is bi-directional. It's got to flow both ways. When the Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus, it would have been revolutionary. He uses the example in his letter about wives and husbands, and he says, honor can look like submission, but it must also look like Christ-like sacrificial love both ways. Children and parents, honor looks like obedience as much as it looks like on the parenting side, not exasperating or provoking your kids to anger, not having it so controlled and shut down that they're like a can of soda, just being shaken and shaken, frustrated to no end. It's both ways. He talks about citizens and governments. Turn the person beside you and say, not this weekend. That honor must flow both ways. So what happens if honor doesn't flow both ways? There's no honorable way to do dishonorable things. No matter how powerful they feel, no matter how much likes they get, 
if we as a church move in to dishonor, we are in disgrace. We are apart from grace, and it's not God's best. But sometimes to remain in honor, we need a more robust life of prayer where God is working out in us so that we can walk in love with them. None of this is easy, yet none of it you do in your own strength. You do in the strength that God gives you. As a backed up sink is evident of a deeper plumbing problem in healthy grown-up relationships, honor flowing only one direction is evidence that there is a deeper work of God that needs to be healed or addressed in a relationship. And so biblical honor is giving weight or value to others, especially those that you disagree with. And biblical honor is bi-directional. It must flow both ways. Even if it's different, what God asks us to do, it flows both ways. But just because you are not treated in an honorable way doesn't give us permission to move into dishonor. When you are treated in a dishonorable way, it is an invitation to prayer, not necessarily proclamation. This summer, I want us to practice the discipline of neighboring. How many of you have one person in your life that it is difficult for you to remain in honor towards? Can I see your hands, please? We are recipients, therefore, of a potential move of God. You are. You are a recipient of a potential move of God. Do you believe that God's heart for that relationship is different than what it is today? Then let's together, inch by inch, kilometer by kilometer, let's partner with where God is at work and not where darkness is at work. And so this summer, when you leave, we have a card, a postcard. And some of you like to make boxes and check boxes. I am with you. You can make, you can tick the box off when you're done. So last week we were here, so we're already on week two. And so what's the discipline step? We're going to invite you to take the discipline of neighboring step. You ready? Here's what we're going to do. Intentionally honor somebody in your family of origin. You can visit them, you can text them, you can call them, you can email them, you can send them an Uber Eats to skip the dishes. But just take the step to practice showing honor. I bless you. I thank you. I honor you. I honor the work of God in you. I thank you for what you're doing. Just take the practical step this week. Aren't you glad? that we get to love others first by being loved by the Father. The way he loves us, we learn to love others.